This episode of the A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, where you can always find 99-cent shipping across Canada for Magic the Gathering card singles. I actually have the world's funniest Prey Upon story once we start talking about states. Yeah, I, I love the card. For one mana. Die. Yeah, it's crazy. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60Cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind-tricking myself constantly. <laughs> Jay Bush. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Smitty. There was plenty of guys in my high school who played magic at the time and were getting laid at the same time, but they sure as hell weren't in a chess club. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking Mind Slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And now, the A-Team. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 56 of the ATM Podcast. This is your host, KYT. You're joined once again by Scott, the real host, McCallum. How's it going, Dad? Good, thanks. I'm a little sick, guys, so you have to bear with me today, but I'm going to make the most of it, I promise. We're also joined by the treasure hunter, Jay Bush. How's it going, Jay? And to make this uh, a special cast tonight, we got someone, a recent PTQ Honolulu winner. He also top-aided nationals this year, the latest nationals, Paul McKinnon. How's it going? Not bad, I guess. Hey. Also got to hey. mention, you're also a Broken City School of Magic member and uh, an on-off writer for Man Deprived. <laughs> That's so... the prestige right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they got they got pretty cool sweaters, I gotta admit. So I think it was two weekends ago, P Mac, you took down a PTQ. You finally took one down, you told me, after many, many years of attempts. Yeah, I uh I seem to have a habit of making top eights and then losing promptly in the quarterfinals. I was had a streak of like eight or so in a row. So I finally I finally got through those quarters and then it was easy from there. Oh, so it was your first time breaking, like, getting into the top four, even? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is with the quarters, but I seem to have a bad streak going. All right. Doug loves to talk about his... Uh, yeah, that, well, that, me, and, me and Doug connected on that, on that <laughs> thing, because I thought I had the record for quarterfinal exits, and then Doug proved that he's even more ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like, one out of... Because you're, you're eight people in the top eight, obviously, but... One out of eight seems to be about right, assuming you're you're just as good as the rest of the people. Yeah, I guess so. So it's not too terrible. I'm 0-3, so I hope <laughs> I don't end up like you. But uh, tell us a bit about your, your seal pull. Was it strong, good, just had to get lucky yeah. to get there? So I had a pretty ridiculous sealed pool. Uh, I ended up playing four-color, non-green, no-fixing. And everyone I played against was just looking at me like, what are you doing? 
but uh, I, I took the draw every game. I played 18 lands <laughs> and played every bomb I had in my pool. <laughs> what? Four color, no fixing, and not green. <laughs> well, I what had a, a baller. I dual lands, so you... I guess that counts as fixing. Okay, okay. Did you have you had no grotto or what's it called? The no. Uh... Wow. So, what were your bombs that that made you need to uh, play all four colors that you felt? That well, you I was I was base blue black because uh, my those are my best colors. It's like Ludovic's test subject, evil twin, a uh, bunch of good vampires, and then I splashed red for Olivia Voldaren. Whoa! And I also splashed red for Devil's Play, the expert. Like, wow! <laughs> and then I splashed white for. Slayer the Wicked and uh, Smite the Monstrous, and I just basically looked at my pool and I didn't think I had a good two color deck, so I was just like, I'm going to take every strong card and be greedy, which I actually think is a really good strategy in sealed because it's slow enough that you just play an extra land, be as greedy as possible, and that can get you to the top eight. Did you play Smite the Monstrous main? Yeah. Limited yeah, champions, sure. like ooh. <laughs> I, I can't say nothing against Paul. Paul's, Paul's, I don't know, better than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> I never, I like, I used to play Smite the Monstrous as an auto include main, but I don't anymore. I find it's like way too situational. I've lost too many games to, you know, little guys, and like I never have to. I never play it. It's always the dead card in my hand. I'd rather just have like a another arrest or a, or a rebuke or something, right? Well, I think I think it gains value in. Uh... In sealed compared to draft, because sealed's a lot slower, and usually in sealed, especially in later rounds in a PTQ, you go up against the decks that have the the bombs, the giant bombs that you have to deal with. Like they get get out their that demon that has morbid that kills all your guys, and yeah, those <laughs> you really have to deal with like round four or five in a PTQ. Yeah, and yeah. draft you more have to deal with more streamlined aggressive decks, so I can see it being a little less valuable there. Yeah, I I, I agree with your approach. Uh... Uh, Paul on uh, on playing your strongest cards because I feel sometimes when I used to build these like two color okay cards deck it would go to like sort of a standstill you're both top decking and then the other guys like top decking better cards while I'm just like top decking yeah. on color but worse cards and, and eventually yeah. I'm going to lose in that situation it's actually funny that you mentioned the exact two cards that also I think either the same week or the week before, I also top eighted PTQ, and the reason I did that was off Evil Twin and Olivia, and I thought those two were enough, so I just played three colors, and it got me there. <laughs> those two, those two, like Olivia's considered by LSV like the best card you can have in your deck. So yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. So, uh, it's one of the best limited like, cards in a long time. You felt like you needed to go an additional color, even. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the black white dual land, so why not? <laughs> Okay, that's yeah, fair. Like, having the best stuff on the planet is never good enough for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, why couldn't I have a green bomb? <laughs> yeah, he's like, why couldn't I just have that 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 champion of the wild or whatever that makes all my guys come in as six sixes? This oh, is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst sealed pool ever. <laughs> Jay, did you no. have time to play in this one? To play in the PTQ? Yeah. Oh yeah, I could have gone to the PTQ if I wanted. I I I never traveled to Edmonton for a PTQ. I I hate that city. I feel out of my element, <laughs> and I also hate sealed. And as such, like I feel that it's like a waste of time to <laughs> like go to a like a sealed PTQ and then not be like Paul and open f- 
four color bombs. I'll probably just open like ten of those fucking like rooftop storms or some shit and just be like, yeah, nice fucking life I have. Awesome. I think Steel gets a bad rap though. Like obviously this time I opened a bunch of bombs, but I've I've done very well with non bomby decks. I think I think Sealed gets a people think it's more luck based than it actually is. And like in this PTQ, the top eight was all very strong players. Like Oh, I'm not like, doubting like no one no one gets to the top eight of a PTQ or anything on like the back of a only a strong pool. Like, oh they could. They could. Like it, I I've never seen like a like a bum get to the top of a fucking PTQ, like some kid that like has never played before because he opened <laughs> four dragons or something. But I mean just you know, when you're playing in sealed and, and a strong player like Marenko opens uh, you know, like three dragons that are all red in, in his, you know, sealed pool. Like that's pretty insane. And then I'm not surprised when he makes it to the top eight and all of, and you didn't drop a game all day, right? Like, like I think that sealed is a lot more, um, like not a lot more, but ha- like your your pool can have a better or worse effect on your on your like play rather than draft because draft you can build your thing and it's your fault if you sucked and you can you can choose and stuff. Where sometimes sealed you just open bombs or you don't, right? And then you have to you just have to make do with what you have, and it definitely rewards the better player. It's true, but there's still a lot of room to build properly, play properly, yeah. and I've seen a lot of players get nutty pools and then just and totally then tank by building them wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. It happens <laughs> all the time. And then I've seen people with like I even I've had very average pools at times and like managed to win because there's still a lot of edges for a good player. I think it's yeah. less luck based than people often say. Yeah, I think I would have to agree. I think it's I, I still think that it's there's a lot of it that goes into it, but I don't think it's as luck based as everyone else says. Me personally, I just get really tilty when I like open a pool that has three dual lands and two roof <laughs> or two rooftop storms in it, and I'm just like, No, no. No. The guy next to me opens like five planeswalkers, like, yeah, nice life. I just fucking lose it. <laughs> so yeah, everyone who's looking at my pool was saying I probably had only gone three colors, but I don't know. Yeah. Too greedy. Oh, I think I was right. Okay. Yeah, you're Paul. Like, you, you won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul's like James Bond. That's what it is. Like, you know, you could just be, you know, regular, stealthy, you know, have some couth. But, or you could just be James Bond where you just have like rocket watches and grenade cars <laughs> and just fucking fly in there and you're like, yeah, I'm James Bond. And they're like, yo, you should be, you should not say that so loud. And he's like, what are you going to do? And he just fucking <laughs> shoots him. That's Paul. He, he, you know, I want to see Paul wear a fucking, I want to see him wear a top hat and a tuxedo to the next. James Bond wears a top hat? I didn't know that. No, you're, you're like, you're classier than James Bond is what I'm saying. (laughs) James Bond's never won a PTQ, so I'm just, you know. (laughs) Paul, you mentioned, uh, that you mentioned your, your top eight was filled with good players. I think I got the text from someone, um, in Alberta that said like that I knew most of the people that were in the top eight. Uh, my topic was completely different. Um, like it's pretty bad when Alex looked at the top eight and said that I was the best player in the pod. <laughs> so, um, but didn't, you know, didn't, or were you in Quebec or in Ontario for that Quebec, one? Quebec, Quebec, Quebec. Oh, okay. So maybe Ontario had a better <laughs> top eight, uh, player pool, but, uh, like people consider me at least in the top two of that pod. And, um, like the people that got to the top tables were, uh, like Jake got there and he had a really sick deck with, uh, it's, there were two players that got into top eight off the back of Garrick. So 
Um, I felt like I might have been the only Olivia player that, that made it there, but I just feel like if I have her, I got a really decent shot of making, uh, going all the way through. Yeah, like, how could you possibly lose? Like, if you're a good <laughs> player, you have Olivia, and then you're, like, suave, like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> like you just that can't even have you just mind tricking people left and right like KYT is the only guy playing Olivia in a fucking in a mill deck like I'm gonna play five colors in this mill deck no big deal well so, someone <laughs> like like you guys also mentioned like some people misbuild their pools and when you ask them to show their pool and you you see like these these bombs in their sideboard you want to vomit like one of my friends had Olivia in his sideboard so you know that made a lot of my friends go what. And was he playing black or red? Like, at least one of the colors? I think he was at least playing one of the colors, so obviously you obviously splash for Olivia. She's that powerful. And, like, Jake, when people were helping Jake uh, remake his deck, he would ask Alex, and he would have to swap, like, ten cards. <laughs> yeah, like, just write down his your entire sideboard <laughs> and just swap out a deck. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we managed to make it. Um, oh, yeah, one question I want to ask... Um, Jay and Scott, I don't know if it's a new rule this year, but um, I was told, and maybe I haven't gone into uh, sealed peak TQs as much, is that you could open your pool and just drop. Yeah. So is this yeah, new? As far as I know, you can. Yeah, I've I've always thought that was the case because that way, because it's pass, right? So if you want to just drop, you want to crack your crack open, you want to basically rare draft. And you open up like the absolute stone nut of money, and you decide that you want to just bail. You can. Someone told me it didn't used to be that way. Maybe it was a long time ago. Paul would probably I've know never better heard of than anyone me. being able to do that. I, I like someone told me it was like a recent thing. Like at least at the PTQ level, maybe. Like I was like I was sitting there and I'm talking to the, I'm like looking at the judge. And I'm like, oh god, I hope I don't open for Liliana because I'm not going to play this VDQ. Like, you've never heard anything about that, Paul? No, that's new to me. I wouldn't mind that happening, though. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Well, I heard that it, the reason that it was possible, like, the reason that they changed it, and again, like, this is hearsay, right? So I can't even be, <laughs> like, I can't, like, t- this isn't the word of God or nothing, but um, what I what I was told is that because um, when you draw, if you drop before, like, anybody's you have to drop before anybody's registered or passed or like you have like five minutes after you've opened your packs or whatever right and it's because it's not affecting the pass or anything at all right so if there's if there's 25 people and i drop like if we still go pass to the left pass across pass to the left pass across pass to the right pass across like i'm not fucking with that that at all i'm out of there already right Right. So, so you like so that's why i heard it, it changed but i've never played in a tournament where it's been allowed um, I've I've actually never played anywhere where anyone's actually wanted to do it either, so I don't I can't even say if it's even real. Yeah, I've had it happen a lot, obviously <laughs> pre-releases and stuff, right? Yeah, or some kid doesn't want to lose his Garrick or something. Yeah, um, you don't pass the pre-releases anyways, oh, right? Maybe maybe Scott plays like the most hardcore pre-release. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, yeah, no, that that passed. <laughs> He takes That's... his kid there and he's just like, "You have to pass me your pool because my pool sucks." And you shut your mouth. You don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Jay, what I heard was, uh, it was because, like, I think a judge told me it was because, like, people, some people just wanted to leave, oh, and yeah. so you just give them the option instead well, why of like, they even show up then. 
Because I want the cards early. Like, they, I mean, they want to play the PTQ, but if they open, like, Foil Ilana, Foil Garrick, Foil Snapcaster Mage, it's like, okay, scoop up the cards. Yeah, I'm not passing that shit, I guess. So, Paul, my question would be, like, what, would you ever leave, and how much money in cards would it have to be for you to leave? Well, I, I wouldn't leave, because, <laughs> I don't know, I've been grinding PTQs for a few years now, and cards don't really matter to as much as, like, I've wanted to go to the Pro Tour, so I don't care what I open, I would have stayed. Ooh. Jay? Uh, and it's a sealed PTQ? And it's a PTQ? Yeah. But you're passing this shit, right? Like, <laughs> I guess it would depend. Like, if it's a P- if it's a sealed Edmonton PTQ, like, probably, like, one seventy dollar Liliana. And I'd be like, fuck this, who cares? I fucking hate this place, I'm going home. Uh... <laughs> That's what we expected, like, no Liliana in the in the rounds of Swiss. We're like, people are just gonna leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I probably would do the same as Paul. I'd probably just be more tilty about it if it was like, yeah, you opened the Inferno Titan, Frost Titan fucking pool and had to pass it, like... That's pretty shitty, and then you get past a pool that's like scramble verse, fucking, you know, like that's that sucks. You can tell Jay loves sealed. Oh yeah, I just love it. <laughs> I am like, and I'm just like Smitty. Like I never, ever, ever, ever open anything bomby in my sealed pools. Like I think I opened a cough in the scars one or whatever once, and that was like the most money slash bomby card I opened. And even then, like it's cough. Like I didn't. You know, I had to play Poison without Koth. It was, like, sweet. You know, I, I wasn't the guy that opened two fucking Baneslayer Angels and a clone. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, Seal's my favorite. I love Seal. <laughs> There's gotta be a story you have where someone passes you the insanity. It's never happened. It's never, ever happened. Okay. The best I've had is someone wrote on my deck list once, you're welcome. <laughs> wow, nice. Just bend your fucking bend your Liliana in half. <laughs> wonder what would happen. Like, I wonder if what, like, what oh yeah. Happen, like, I mean, if you purposely bent somebody's card in half, like visibly, so that it was a marked card, like you'd obviously get in shit for that. But what if you like did it in a way that was like, like I could see some fucking disgruntled prick doing that. Yeah, or, like, he wants to leave anyway, so he's like, yeah, enjoy your fucking your worthless card. Oh, wow, that's an interesting question. <laughs> Before it's not you a very up. smart crime. You're signing your name on the sheet. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but what happens to the other guy that, that, that gets this unplayable card now? <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, boned. <laughs> just, like, Ben, all his rares and mythics. Here you go, bud. <laughs> Enjoy that. There you go. <laughs> I guess they would... Yeah, what would you do? They might give him a new pool. That would be the worst. Like, you you can't play any of your good cards because some asshole bent them all. So fucking, here's here's a pool with two scramble verses in it. I hope that you enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, Jay. Maybe some of our judges that listen to the show can answer us. I mean, the guy would get in shit, but but what does he care, right? Like, right, right. He obviously knows that. He's not some kind of suave guy, like. <laughs> P-Mac, right? P-Mac would never do that. <laughs> P-Mac, I want to talk to you about your fucking, your red deck wins that you played at Nationals. 
because right. you know, of course, because we know you and we're the Broken City Magic crew and everything. Everybody just like was on the the PMAC boner train and like, <laughs> oh, it's like the best red deck wins of all time. Oh, you don't you don't think so? You should ask PMAC. Oh my God, he's the best. And it was like, yeah, that's. I mean, I just want to know, like, do you think it's the best? You know, well, the best red deck wins of all time is what you played. I'd have to say it's up there as one of the the best red deck wins. Because, like, that's pretty much all I play in stand, in uh, Constructed. I'm more of a limited player. So in Constructed, I generally just take Red Deck Wins or Kithkin or an aggro deck. And I'm good at tuning aggro decks is really all I'm good at in Constructed. And this is the best Red Deck I've ever played. Whoa. <laughs> I, like, it just it had a lot of really strong red cards all at once. Like Fetchlands plus Lavamancer plus Bolt. And incinerate at all at the same time. Like I, yeah, that's pretty nutty. I felt pretty unbeatable with it at nationals. I, in the in the Swiss, I went five one, just barely losing to Cobblade the one time when he cast his third uh, timely reinforcement. So like, I would still would have won through two timely reinforcements. It was like it <laughs> it just felt really strong. I won't talk about the top eight though. I kind of crashed and burned there, but. <laughs> You almost uh, tilted your. I watched. I watched Pmac <laughs> tilt himself. You think you think he's swab, but like he went crazy. Like I don't. I don't believe it. I didn't see this, oh, and I don't. He was freaking yeah. out. <laughs> I was pretty tilted. I I made a pretty bad play in that final round. He's <laughs> like, oh my I god! <laughs> Luckily, like, I didn't put myself out of the play <laughs> properly, though. Yeah, Jay, he's like, oh my god, I, like, I, oh, like, he couldn't stop for, like, good time. <laughs> but, uh, he was lucky. He was lucky the other guy couldn't, uh, couldn't draw out of it. In his yeah. You're ruining my James Bond persona here, KYT. <laughs> yeah. Now none of the chicks are gonna want to hang out with us. <laughs> so let's just finish off your, uh, your PTQ. Uh, did you have a plan for for the draft at all or did you did you like most people in the top in my top it didn't like had two or three drafts at max so didn't have that much experience um yeah so i hadn't drafted the format till the night before and uh in our hotel room us broken city guys did a draft and jared mcguire um he also is on again off again writer for man deprived (laughs) i ended up beating him in the finals and the night before, he was like, white is the best. Everybody go white. And, like, he just planted that idea in my head. And then, unfortunately, he planted the idea in my head that ended up beating him. But, basically, he went white-blue. I went white-blue. And the other Broken City guy, uh, Sean Gifford, went white-red. And then the three of us made top four. So, I think Jared <laughs> was pretty correct with saying go white. Wow. And you- like each managed to have a decent deck, even if you all went the same color. Um, yeah, pretty much. So white's pretty strong in this format, I think. I think I, I really like white blue in this format. It seems like a good deck, especially if you get Invisible Stalker. Oh yeah, it kind of it kind of ranched every, a bunch of people in the top eight. <laughs> I read I read some of the Facebook threads. <laughs> you had what was your uh, equipment of choice? Did you have the uh, Clutcher's Cleaver? Yeah. Pretty that's, unbeatable. <laughs> that's unbeatable. Yeah. Ow. That's a pounding. Yeah. So did you see any other decks that were interesting in in the top eight? Did anybody go uh my favorite archetype, which is Mill? Mill. 
No, uh, <laughs> no one went that. Seems pretty bad to me, but <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> See, James Bond. He's not. He doesn't have any like tact or cooth or anything. P Mac doesn't need that shit like James does. He just walks up. He's like, you know what? You you think you got it? You know, you're shit. You shut the fuck up. Is this your show? Well, you suck anyway. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Don't me. I know P Mac. That's what he was trying to say to you, KYT. He's trying to tell you that. Those exact words. I, I actually love Phil, and uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a pop- popular archetype you're gonna run into if you're uh, drafting online or whatever, and get uh, maybe people aren't drafting it right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Well, with I, know, I, I haven't drafted the set enough to say definitively, but I can only think of triple Rav as the only time that Mill was really a top strategy. Well, it's the top strategy again. How? <laughs> <laughs> Got you. <laughs> I actually I take your word for it. I've not. I've not heard. Like I've been paying attention on Twitter because everyone's talking about this whole mill fiasco. Now that we can actually draft uh, on Moto, and every single person that has said, "Yep, drafted mill," got there. Like every single person who has admitted to aggressively drafting the mill deck, fucking foros their draft every time. Even bad players. <laughs> Even bad players. Because, like, how hard is it to mill 40 cards with, like, five Dream Twists and three Blue Curses? Like, that's it's just win, right? Yep. Well, one of my one of my main complaints about drafting a deck like that, though, is you're kind of rolling the dice, right? Because if you, you start drafting it and then someone else is doing it, too, then you've just you've gambled and you're not going to get enough of the cards for the archetype and then you're just going to lose. Whereas yeah. if you just draft good, solid cards, no one can just screw you out of getting a good deck. I totally agree with that. <laughs> You've convinced KYT. <laughs> like, I think yet again, yet again, mind tricked. As the season progresses, yeah. Like that. Like, but now when other people aren't uh, so into it, um, I was gonna say I agree with White being great, but I also love it. The decks have won two pods in the last two weeks where it's been white green and just getting snap picking all the travel preparations I see and then just having a good curve and just winning yeah. off that card. Which one's uh, that again? Is that the lifelink one? No, that's the one that gives like plus one plus one tokens to two of your guys and oh, you can oh, yeah. flashback it. So I yeah, always yeah, yeah. like the two pods that I won where I didn't have trouble all winning was where like I got past two or three copies of that card. And it's just insane. Like your guys are just so hard to deal so that, with. So that's like the that's like the master's call of this set. Like it's it's just like a blowout, but that people like are underestimating. Um, maybe not underestimating. Maybe it's just the fact that they feel like they need to be in green white to have optimal value. So maybe they're in like green, red, and and they just pass it for something that that is in their you know that is in their colors. Yeah, yeah. They, I, like, I, I would only play it if I was green white. Yeah, like, that's the thing. So. Not like and white, red, or a, anything? It's a color combo a lot of people want to avoid. Normally. But in this format, I think it's better than it normally is. What do you think of the abundance of, like, cards that are similar to it, though, PMAC? Like, the, the, um... Like, there's just so many tricks, or so many cards that, like, do things like that. Like, the there's all those green ones, plus two, plus two, and Vigilance, or Hexproof in 1-1, one, one, or any of that. Like, like, do you find that there's an abundance of those? Like, I find that, that there's... Like, oftentimes when I'm drafting, there's so many of them, but I, I still feel like I don't want to draft them because I need guys for them to be good, right? Like, you don't want to have... Yeah, I've um, actually found 
in drafting this format, I've had had trouble getting enough creatures. So I don't know what yeah. it is. There's less good creatures or something, but I haven't run into that problem. I even had that problem in in the top eight of the PTQ. I was drafting a like a white blue equipment deck, and then I was just no creatures were coming. And I had to stoop to playing Delver of Secrets. <laughs> and then Delver Secrets randomly just completely owned a game with Butcher's Cleaver, but wow. I didn't want to have to play it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know what it is, but there are, do seem to be a lot of uh, tricks and incidents, and it's hard to get a lot of good creatures sometimes. So I guess you got to value them a bit higher. Yeah, I find that, and then, like, but then, like, sometimes I'll be playing people, and they just have, like, they seem to have, like, one or two good creatures, the rest are shit, but then they have, like, every fucking combat trick possible, <laughs> they just, like, you just can't touch them, they're like, yeah, I'll attack you, and they're like, okay, I'll give it plus two plus two in lifelink, and then you're like, okay, well, whatever, like, okay, okay, he can't po- he can't possibly have more, more fucking, more fucking combat tricks, and then you're like, attack you, and he's like, I'll play this spidery grasp, where it, oh, yeah. it and gives it plus two plus two. And like just blow you out. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I top deck fucking Olivia Valdarin. What are you gonna do now? And then he's just like, oh, hexproof plus one plus one, spidery grasp again, trial preparation. Like, just fuck off, fuck you. And like, you have no cards in your deck. You you're winning on the back of this one bad werewolf. God damn it. Pray upon, man. Pray upon. Yeah. Pray upon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, that's gonna happen when they get the right draw, where they draw. That cre- like the one creature they need, and then back it all up with infinite spells. <laughs> yeah, but I find like in other formats you didn't have that. Like people were playing like one to three tricks or something like that, not like eight. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the people you draft with now. Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, I've never lost to those things. I've come close though. <laughs> I'd say overall it's a really good draft format, though. I'm liking it. I think more it's really fun. A lot of recent sets. I, I don't know if it's just because I like flashback or something, but I, I love this set too, but I don't I can't really pinpoint the reason why. You know what too? Like how like P Mac, when you were playing in your draft, how many times did people forget about or did you even yourself forget about like flashback cards either in your own graveyard or like in other people's and get blown out by those or even like just like minorly <laughs> influenced by I definitely uh had opponents forget about them. I had that one where it was like feeling a dread, where it's like tap two, flashback tap two. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and my opponent just like he had his whole game plan around that card or, or around a certain attack, and then it's like, oh well, I'm just gonna negate that tap two of you guys <laughs> from the graveyard. So people definitely forget about them. Any uh last thoughts about the the, the draft? I think we covered a lot already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. White's good. Invisible Stalker plus Butcher's Cleaver wins games. Those are the two things to remember. <laughs> so, do you guys feel that there's like an over, like there's an adequate amount of amount of removal in the set, or is it sort of? I mean, we kind of briefly touched on it, but now that we've had a bit more exposure to it and playing it a bit more, like, are are we still of the mindset that a lot of the removal is just really situational? Mm-hmm. I feel it is. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think there's too little, though. I think, uh... It's just that it's really narrow. There's no Doomblade type effect. Yeah, but I think people lean on removal too much. Like, I think the biggest mistake a lot of people make in Limited is they play the removal too early and, like, need too much removal. Whereas, the majority of the time, you should be dealing with your opponent's creatures with your creatures anyways, and just save your removal for, like, the 
one huge thing you can't deal with. So I don't think you really need more than there is in this set. Hmm. Okay. The one thing that I will say is that I really enjoyed getting uh, five dead weights in my last draft. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but I got a dead weight uh, pick forty-five. Oh so my that was, god, that was pretty sweet. Um, so like, okay, so we, open, <laughs> we open our we open our first pack, right? And so my friend Steve, the guy next to me, he first picks the rare um, first strike. Uh, werewolf, which is a pretty good first pick. Like that's not even. I like that card a lot, actually. It's pretty blowout. And um, so he first picks that, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like I don't know if I like. And he's a pretty new drafter, and like the one thing that you always have problems with with new drafters is um, like they can sometimes hook themselves into colors. You know, there there'll be like two or three picks in that are red, and they're all, they're like they'll see a red card that's maybe mediocre versus like some really good black card or blue card and they'll be like oh i can't change colors at all because i'm already in red i can't take right. this whatever right so i'm like well i don't want to like sit beside this guy and start playing red um because i i feel that he's gonna do that we'll see what opens up but i feel that he's gonna do that so i first pick a, a the dragon the one that deals damage if he connects or whatever i first pick that guy because he's crazy and then the rest of the cards, I always just like, there was always just good black cards that were coming along. And I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I'm, I only have like four guys out of the first pack, but I have like, you know, two or three dead weights. And like, I took a dead weight over a Geist Flame in one pack and stuff like that. And then pack two, somehow I ended up being like the only person playing black. So like, I got a fifth pick, um, that curse that does minus one, minus one to your opponent's creatures. Mm-hmm. And I got like the fucking yeah, like like it just came like like just super super late. And like I said, I had five dead weights. Like, um, I just had to like just constantly reassess myself. My pick five and six in the first pack was a Pitchburn Devils, which is pretty crazy for those to go so late. Is that the three um, three that deals three when he dies? Yeah, yeah. I find that guy's been very underrated by like Me everyone too. in the set. Like Me I too. see, I, I don't really know if late. they. Like, do they think that he's, like, too expensive or something, maybe? I don't know, but I see him going way later than he should. Yeah, me too. I got a fucking Reaper of the Abyss, so that's the dragon that, or the demon that kills other demons, like, fourth pick in pack two. Um, And then I got a Morcut Banshee, like, super late as well. And, like, literally, like, I would get a pack, and it would have, like, two blue cards in it, a red card, and then, like you know, six black cards in it. And all of those black cards, all of them would come back. All of them. And be like, yeah, okay, I guess I just fucking pick up this, you know, fifth deadweight pick 45. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sweet. So I think people are underestimating deadweight and black in this format. I don't know why. But... I also think just, like, depending on who you're drafting with, newer players are less likely to switch colors and just kind of get stuck in what they start on. Yeah, they do all the time. It's like, I first picked something that's red, I now have to take every red card I see. Yeah. So, yeah, the signals you're going to pass them are useless. <laughs> but that's another thing that sometimes is difficult when you're drafting with them, too, is, like, they don't know signals. They don't even pay attention to those, right? Yeah. I just want to mention, as we wrap up this uh, limited portion, I guess, back to the, the lack of removal, I, I had to play, like, tonight, I had to play against... Uh, Tree of Redemption, and I was like green red. I'm like, huh? <laughs> How do I kill that? Like, I have all my like, I have like seven seven werewolves. I'm like, huh? 
Like, how do I get rid of this fucker? You just got to do a lot of damage, because, like, he trades with your opponent's life, right? Right, right. So he's really just, like, gain 13 is what he does. Which, and, like, block... And block a bunch, Your yeah. best guy. Your best it's guy. A beating. Um, but I was able to kill it once with uh, good old Ambush Vampire and uh, Viper and Prey Upon. I'm like, that felt <laughs> really good. Prey Upon is insane. <laughs> uh, or else I couldn't Gotta kill keep... like that tree. Too big. I, I, I actually have the world's funniest Prey Upon story once we start talking about states. So uh, we'll, we can get to that later, but uh, I want to make note of Prey Upon. Yeah, I, I love the card. For one mana, die. Yeah, it's crazy. Although I still have had like ten people try, and I even have used it like once or twice in combat, like just flash it on your guy, and like that's a sorcery. And like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just put that back in my hand. You better watch out. <laughs> you better block, kill your guy. What? <laughs> <laughs> like block, kill that guy, and then fight that other guy, kill two guys. And like, what? That's not how that works, Jay. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a sorcery. Oh. So, PMAC, I think there was some commotion going on about the final game. Was there, like, I didn't read in detail, but were there, yeah. like, ting or making f- what? Can you... That, uh, that was that was a lot of commotion for nothing. Because, like, like I said earlier, it was me versus my friend Jared. And, like... We're friends, we play all the time, like, we know each other. And so, whenever we end up playing each other, we, there's a lot of trash talk, and it's not a, a standard, polite match. And then, it basically came down to game three, and I went turn two Invisible Stalker, turn three Butcher's Cleaver, and there's nothing he could do. And so, just, like, just out for fun, he was making a big deal about it, he ripped up the Invisible Stalker and ate it, and, like, was just making a big scene. <laughs> but... It was really just more funny than anything, and like he was talking a lot of a lot of trash talk during the match, and I think some people who like an outside observer would have seemed really rude, but we knew each other, and like we've done that in the past, so it wasn't a big deal. Okay, I think there's only like one out that I can think of off the top of my head for that uh, turn two, turn three, like tribute to, to hunger or whatever. I can't think Pretty of much. any other. Uh, you could also kill the cleaver. Like, okay. he had an ancient grudge in his sideboard, and he's like, should I splash for it? I don't know. Pretty loose, though. I don't know. It's pretty hard to deal with. Yeah. Like, I can't... If I was you, like, I'm like, I'm winning that plane ticket. Like, turn three. I'm going to Honolulu, buddy. I think we can uh, go to go to states, or champs, or provincials, or whatever they're called, or 2011s, as some, some of them, some people call them. Um... So Scott, you went, of course. Yeah. With your son? Yeah. Uh yeah. Actually and, and it was funny. So he's he built uh after he did well with um red blue flashback at the pre release. You know, he had a bunch of the cards, so he's like, Well I'm gonna make this and, and I'm gonna play my own deck with my own brew and, and I'm it's fun anyway, so let's go. So I spot him I end up spotting him like three snapcasters to try to help <laughs> fill out the deck. And and I insisted that I'm like, okay, if you're going to play these cards, it's cool, but you absolutely must play the Morbid Bolt. <laughs> what the fuck that's called? I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But the next Jace the Mind Sculptor. Like, you need to play this card. Uh, Brimstone Volley. That's the one, thanks. Now I won't forget. 
Um, but yeah, so so I'm like, you just you must absolutely play this card. It's it's dumb. He's like, okay. So yeah, there were many times where he like flashed in a Snapcaster trade with the Titan, you know, after flashbacking the bolt, it was pretty awesome. But uh, so he had a good time. Like he ended up going like two four. But you know, he was literally playing a a blue red counter burn deck with uh, some werewolves and stuff. It was it was fine. It was fun. He had a good time. Um, I ended up running uh, the uh, the flare list that I had helped, uh, that John had kind of helped me come to, and, and Ben ended up running it as well, I think, uh, right down to the sideboard, if I'm not mistaken. And he was, uh, so he, he played to, he played to contention. I think his report's going up on Mana Deprived, right? Like, I think he sent one to you? Not yet. Okay, so it's, it'll be on the way, but I'm sure he'll, he'll talk about it. Um, but he was, he was right on the bubble, right, right down to the wire. Uh, I hit 3-3 and decided, okay, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, Try to break, you know, try to end above 500, and, and if I can't potentially end above 500, then I'm going to drop and just play Commander. So uh, so that's what we did. So the last match, um, I ended up uh, losing, got, went to 3-4 and dropped, but I had a blast. Um, I only really punted one. There was one game that I should have won against Mono Black Infect, and I just I missed an attack altogether uh, with some tokens that would have got the last two damage in there. Um, so aside from that, I played fine all day. I didn't make any punts. I just, it was good. I had a really good time. I really enjoyed playing the deck, and uh, I met so many awesome people. So oh, I've got, I've heard it was. <laughs> you've heard? Why? Well, well, I read your tweets about. Uh, oh my god, my son's trading with Noah Long. How cool! That was hilarious. That was hilarious. My son's fearless, right? Like he'll just go up to anybody and be like, "Hey, you got traders?" <laughs> and he had no idea who Noah was. He's just like some guy at a table. I hear he's got a bounty on his head or something, and that was literally just how he behaved. It was pretty cool, but yeah, it was it was great, great experience. It was I I had a a lot of fun playing Commander afterwards too, so that was good, and uh, I got to bust out a, a variety of decks up to and including uh, my good old Sphinx Tribal, so that made me happy. Yeah, love that deck, and uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. I really enjoyed I really really enjoyed playing with Liliana. Uh, she was wicked. Um, the, the Jace was was dumb all day. He was so dumb all day. Uh, there was um, a lot of situations where the main deck Elish Norn was really sweet because I mean I was I felt like I was really over uh, over committed to you know not losing to mono red, and as a result, it kind of like it skewed some of my other matchups. Like tokens was rough, and you know like I my first round opponent was a literally a blue white stick geist and counter every single spell that you play which was really frustrating when you know i don't really have an answer to geist that and no counters to protect an answer to geist outside of like liliana so it was pretty rough so after losing like that first round it kind of put me into the bracket where i'm no longer playing against mono red (laughs) and so the main deck got a little rough um in some capacity so some changes, obviously, as the metagame shifts are, are definitely worthwhile, but there was some awesome experiences where I was like, all right, well, you know, timely reinforcements, make three guys, swing, untap, you know, uh, unbarrel rights, Elish Norn, swing for nine. Like, that was cool. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually surprised Mono Red is such a deck right now, because, like, this version's so much worse than the one when, like, I had at Nationals. Like, yeah. the, for- the format must have really powered down. 
Well, I think that everything's just gotten really slow. Like, everything has slowed down. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's no longer the fear of just, you know, tap out, lose. Um, like, Valakit very much presented that, right? Pre-rotation and yeah. uh, and uh, the mm-hmm. twin combo, right? Same sort of thing. So that's not present. So people can play, you know, these, these slower, grindier decks um, to some success. So even if red is slower, I mean... If you consider a grindier matchup, the fucking shrine is still terrifying, <laughs> right? Because like the the more turns that you give mono red, it's like the more counters you're getting on shrine, and the more cards that they get to burn your face. Like it's rough. It it is rough. It's still a force, and I mean until until we get something that's that's going to come in at uh, you know a really aggressive clip or or you know new sets or some combo hits and it gets dumb. Like it's gonna stay somewhat in the forefront because it, it's still pretty good that makes sense yeah but it was it was a lot of fun man honestly like i can't i can't tell you enough i didn't play against wolf run once which is too bad because like that would have been an actually a pretty sweet matchup i think i won all my all my solar flare mirrors sweet so that was cool i beat a blue black deck the pros seem pretty down on solar flare right now well uh, <sighs> So here's the thing, like, it's a really slow deck. Like, it really is. So unless you find a way, because uh, you, you, you need to do a lot in the deck, right? Uh, unless you're going to completely forego your uh, mono-red matchup pre-board, it's really difficult to beat a well-constructed control deck with Solar Flare. Like, it just is, right? If yeah. they're going to play, you know, the, the fucking eight counterspell four Snapcaster deck, like, good luck. <laughs> it's just it just ain't happening. Um Liliana's a really powerful tool in the control match. Like I only I only actually only ultimated Liliana once the entire uh the entire day. Um but I but Jace was ridiculous. Uh cards that I that I think I may want to tinker with now that I've got a better handle on sort of, you know, there's not quite as much red as we expected. But it's still a strong deck. You need to have a board for it, but I don't think you need to overcommit so much pre-board. Um, but, like, Gideon seems like it's just really good right now and, and seems like it fits well in the deck, right, as a stall tactic and, and a potential threat. So that's something. Uh, I was actually... At having my fucking nuts handed to me by Geist of St. Trapped in a, like, basically a counterfish deck... Um, really made me think, wow, like, why am I not playing this card in Solar Flare? Like, it's an early threat that you can sit. Late game, you can still bring him back with Sun Titan. Well, like, you, you kind of need some way to pump him up, because when he's just a 2-2, he just suicides. And Solar Flare yeah. doesn't have many cards that you, like a sword or something that you put on him. That's true. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's generally a lot of removal. Like, I mean, I'm playing, you know, by the time you get there, you're almost up to, like, four point click plus o-rings plus snapcasters like it's not terrible in terms of the removal for the matchup right yeah so i mean and i mean you can use liliana as well to help clear the board and and i mean you you can you know it's like i said i mean it's fine to get in you get in for a little bit you know you put your opponent on a different axis and then you just clear the board of day of judgment resolve a titan and bring back geist and it's not fun so, anyways, it was it's a thought, um, something to mess around with. Obviously, more counter spells potentially now that uh, the meta is going more towards counter spells. I count now that everyone's playing, you know, the more mid rangey decks, yeah. um, like Wolf Run, like Counter Magic, uh, really gets better. 
So it may be worthwhile because I I totally and it was wicked too because I bluffed counters all day and it wasn't until you know like game three in a in a really you know crazy matchup that people were like wow I guess he just doesn't have counter spells <laughs> <laughs> and then they started to actually try to resolve spells and I'm like well all right <laughs> but then they'd overcommit and you just day of judgment so like it was it was a good day like I said I played fine um couple games you know I just lost to variance there was only really one game that I think I fucking really terribly punted. Um, and I, I got paired up against tokens twice, uh, one white, blue, and one green, white. And those are really rough matchups, um, for the build that I had in place. Like I would have really rathered, uh, you know, having some ratchet bombs or something, you know, available. And so those are cards as well that, that I'm going to think about looking at, but yeah, the token stacks are legit, eh? Like they're the fucking shrine of like those goddamn shrines. The shrine of loyal legions is a beating. Yeah. All those shrines are pretty good. Yeah. They're stronger than they initially look. Yeah, and and I mean, it's it's interesting because you kind of look and you go, well, you know, it's not a big deal if I just give them three guys, right? So I'll just wait. And then all of a sudden, you know, you let it go and you realize that, wow, this is like at like eight and nine. <laughs> like, like, what am I going to do with this shit? So, yeah, it, Frost Titan seems really good right now as well. Like, I, I really wish I would have... Uh, I would have gone with him as well. So we'll see. There's there's lots of fun stuff. The reason that I love the, the flare deck right now is that there's just so many options, right? Like different finishers, different ways you can play it. And, and I really like the velocity that you actually get out of it with, you know, being able, how quickly you can actually root through your deck. The, the one deck that I'm really excited to, to, to look at, and I'm, I'm trying to make it work, and I'm trying to understand how it does work, is uh, Shaheen Sarani's uh, blue-black uh, Tezzeret, monstrosity which he claims is absolutely the best deck in the format and he swears it up and down but he he literally has taken like a a, a small bit of a tesseret shell and shoehorned it into a uh, blue black liliana snapcaster package didn't uh didn't that japanese player shota yasuka have a tez deck and well he is mr tesseret as far as i'm concerned um but you know and and it's it's fine i haven't actually you know gone through it with a fine tooth comb yet but uh you know, it, nobody's playing Dismember anymore. Okay, and I think that's something that's really relevant. Like, everybody's now back to the Titan plan, and Dismember is not really around. So, all of a sudden, so granted, Ancient Grudge is around, and that's a card, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, even Kibler said it in his video today, like, there's not as much uh, hate as you would expect lurking in sideboards. Because the only artifacts really that are relevant right now, like, Tempered Seal isn't a thing anymore. Um, so you're really looking at, you know, uh, worm quell engine potentially, but I mean, there's a lot of revoke existence for stuff like that. Um, and then you've got the odd sword and then you've got like the red shrine. Right. And that's like, it. like those are the only artifacts really at play that, that matter. Um, and so, yeah, sure. People are playing like, you know, one or two ancient grudges, three, maybe, but it's not like you're getting, you know, red green decks with the full fucking four pack that are out to hate the board. So, uh, Tezzeret may be well-positioned. I mean, you know, Yusuke is always going to just play it, I guess. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's something that, because uh, I love Tezzeret. Like, he's always been, you know, one of my, my favorite uh, Planeswalkers. So being able to play him in, you know, a list with Liliana and Karn and Jace and Snapcasters and Sphinxes and Titans, like, it just seems like magical Christmas land. But at the same time, like, that's fucking awesome. I'm just trying to, in my experience, I just, I feel like I'm missing the velocity that I had with Solar Flare, right? Because, like, Solar Flare, you're just like, all right, well, think twice, think twice again, 
and then Forbidden Alchemy, and then Think Twice, and it's just like you're, you're seeing so much of your deck all day. And I mean, I imagine the hardcore blue-black control lists uh, are feeling much the same way right now. So I may, I may even look at that. But um, a lot of fun to summarize. So Jay, how was your experience, man? With uh, with uh, the 2011s, did you end up running Wolf Run? <laughs> Let's call them champs. We'll call them champs. Um, I went and played. I ended up playing Wolf Run, but I thought that I would have the cards yes! that I needed, and it oh. turns out that I didn't have all the cards I needed. So I ended up playing like a weird, not tuned version. Like I had the the main deck was fine, but I didn't have like a real sideboard really, which um I know hurt me in some matches, like not having ancient grudges was definitely an issue. Um, but, like, I don't know. I think that deck fucking blows. Um, I like, I like, I don't like Solar Flare. I think that that's just a magical Christmas land deck that, like, bad players are going to want to play over <laughs> and over again because they just want to fucking live the dream. And it's just, like, every bad deck ever. It's like, this wow. deck does nothing 90% of the time. And then they're like, yeah, but that 1% of the time, when you're, like, when you're like Sun Titan back an image to turn it into a Sun Titan to get back Liliana to blow them out. And you're like, yeah, I, I saw that happen. And I just fucking had like the biggest boner ever. So and let's, it was awesome. So let's, but... let's just remember that Jay is not a control player in the slightest. <laughs> no. So he, so he doesn't appreciate oh. the subtle nuances that the solar flare yeah. addicts are. All I, I, I like oh. can't figure out why, why the subtle nuances are like lose 10 F and M's and then like go four <laughs> one because you're the only guy that's still playing it. And then think that it's a good deck. I don't understand those Definitely nuances. Definitely saying this stuff. But, um, <laughs> but like, so Wolf run, I think I'm just spoiled. And like, I played Valakit. Which was like amazing, and now like people are like, all these idiots are like, oh, Wolf runs the new Valakut, and I was like, yeah, I guess it's a red green ramp deck. You're right. Well, it's like but, we were um, earlier though, like like with red deck, like all the decks are just worse than they were. Yeah, they're just they're just yeah. worse, and like I hate this time in Magic. Like actually, I just I don't even know why I play Magic. I'm the worst, and I'm I hate all Magic times. Yeah. But like so, I'm <laughs> playing Wolf Run right, and Wolf it's like. You're playing Wolf Run, and you have, like, two Wolf Runs in your deck for some reason. I think you should have four, but, you no, you only have two. And then you, you have, like, four Ink Moth Nexuses, and, like, your plan is to just kill them with that, I guess, and, like, get a turn four Titan and kill them with that. But if you don't do that, like, you just fucking, you just absolutely do garbage thing. You just do nothing. And, like, people, and then other people are like, no, you still have Titans, and, like, you still have other things, and you and you you could wolf run your solemn simulacrum, and you're like, yeah, and then they just fucking doom blade everything, or like, like it's not like removal doesn't exist in the format anymore. Like, all they have to do is is doom blade the the ink moth nexus, and then your deck is just the worst deck of all time. You know, where Valica they could doom blade and kill all your titans and t you know everything, and all you had to do is just still play mountains. That's all you had to do, and you actually had ramp spells in your deck. This deck has one ramp spell. It's called Ramping Growth. So, like, it's just fucking, it was just garbage. It just sucked. So I went, like, one, two, and one. I went out and, like, I went out and did karaoke until, like, four in the morning, because my karaoke bar, sadly, is getting torn Oh, down. man. So I went out and played karaoke, or did karaoke until, like, four, got up and went to champs. And, like, I was talking to Doug about this or somebody about this, but I didn't realize that champs was, like, a big deal. It's not. No, it, it's like it's like provincial. Like you're a provincial champion. Like you're like Doug. Doug is like the guy now, isn't he? Isn't he the guy? He, yeah, but he himself says that like finally won something, but it's irrelevant compared oh, to his, that like, guy could win. Yeah, but he could win like a pro tour, and then still he'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'm not that good. 
um, <laughs> you know, like nothing's as good. Like Magic players are like nothing's good about it, right? Like, oh yeah, so you won a pro tour? Like, oh, is it bitty doo da? It's about time because I've just, you know, top aided thirty of them. <laughs> you know, nobody's excited about winning anything. But anyway, um, I like isn't champ supposed to be a big deal? Like, I know Paul said like, no, it's gay because you don't win anything or something. So. Basically, it's supposed to pay for all of your, like, you get free entry into all of the major constructed events for the year. So, like, you don't have to pay to go to a GP. Yeah, you know, isn't that cool? I don't know. You don't have to pay to go to PTQs. I think you still have to pay going to GPs, don't you? No, I don't think so. And, like, Paul, you don't want to be Alberta Alberta champ? You don't want to well, be no, the best? Like, our our look, champs this year was at a store like it was at a small store it was going to be way overcrowded yeah and that's like the whole reason i didn't go play is like i don't want to go cram into this small store for champs but oh, if that was yeah. a ptq i would have sucked it up and i would have gone to that small store so yeah, like that's it's definitely that's not on was, the same level no and that's where i was going with it too it's just like i didn't realize it was a big deal like because a in the states they call it states and here they call it champs for some reason like like we're eight-year-old fucking fat kids that are like Oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to champs, niggas. Like, okay, like, I'm going to champs. Big deal. Like, it just is the gayest thing possible. Right along there with fucking Battlefield and uh, Exile. And you just, Fight like... And it's just, it's you just awful. You fucking hate everything I don't today, play Pokemon. Yeah. I'm not playing Pokemon. That's my problem. It's like... You're supposed just, to be happy about Magic now. And then, and then, <laughs> So anyway, it was champs. There was like 80 people in this store. It was hot as shit. I was playing Bad Valakut version 2.0. I don't know. I feel like that's a a bad direction that Wizards is trying to move everything to stores because like stores just can't handle no. the larger events. Yeah. Did you go? Did you go to the pre-release at Phoenix, Paul? No, I just went to the one in Broken City. Yeah. So like Broken City pre-releases have always gotten like say fifty to like a hundred people at them, and it's a huge bar, and it's still hot as shit in there. But like you at least have servants, and you can have like a water or like a pop to cool you off, and it's like a big space. Um, Phoenix had like I think it was like fifty-eight or sixty-five or something people in it, and like literally every single chair was taken. Like you couldn't even have people in there that weren't playing, like because they were just taking up space, and it was like warm and sweaty, and it was just like man, like. Remember big tournaments when those and, were... And they're even moving PTQs to stores now. Cause, like, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, these stores are going to have to rent out a venue or something. Otherwise, it's just going to ruin it. Yeah, like, that's how I feel. It's just, there's not enough, I don't know, something. <laughs> like, it's just brutal. It's just fucking brutal. Fuck champs. I really wonder if you'd feel this salty about it if you had won instead of <laughs> sucking ass at the two and one. Well, yeah, that, we already discussed that. I'm the only person that seems to get excited about when I win things. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, man, I won this PTQ, and everyone's like, who cares? You're the fucking worst. Shut up, fag. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get whoa. hasty here. Let's not, let's not say things we can't take back. And then they're like, shut up. And then they win a PTQ, and they're like, whatever. I won a PTQ. Yeah, whatever. What have you ever done? Nobody even cares about that. I'm like, oh. Yeah. That's so depressing. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to go to Hawaii. I'm excited for winning a tournament. Yeah. You should be. Hawaii's nice, too. Like, Honolulu is nice. But it's... Um, so, like, are you just... Are you staying at all? Or are you just there for... Like, are you going up early? Like, what... 
Have you thought about this at yeah, all? Yeah, I haven't, like, exactly planned it out, but I'm definitely going to take some extra days to go to see some of Hawaii. Okay. There's no sense so, in just going for the tournament. So my suggestion and recommendation to you, having been there very recently, is the following. Okay? Uh, book, like, a puddle jump or plane or boat or whatever. All right. Go to, go to Kauai, which is one of the other islands. Book something over there and enjoy your time in Kauai, because Honolulu is fucking, you might as well be in Miami. All right. <laughs> okay? So if you want to see, like, you want to see, like, Hawaii and, like, get the tourist experience in Hawaii, go to Kauai. All right. You'll enjoy it. Thanks. Yep, you got it. Yeah, you Anyways. got it. <laughs> I would trust Dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and make sure you put on Twitter what hotel that they have you guys staying at, or wh- where you end up booking. So, because if you uh, do- don't go to the Surf Rider, because it's not worth the money. Okay. <laughs> right. What did you also like for that PTQ? How do those work now? Because like at the store level, there's no more plane tickets, right? No, there will be. Really? That's what? Um, like the people that work at Phoenix said that there's no more plane ticket. What? Yeah. I mean, no, I hope no. they're wrong, but like they're, they're, they got to be wrong because Wizards is moving so that everything is plane tickets, even even uh, invites based on rating or planeswalker oh. points have plane tickets. So there's no way they're yeah. taking them away from PTQs. Maybe that's how they're affording it, though. Maybe they're taking them away from PTQs and making them. No, they they did that by taking them away from GPS. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was talking to Sean about it at uh, Phoenix, and he was like, are you coming to the PTQ? And I was like, whatever. And then he said some, I don't know, snarky remark, and I was like, like Sean is <laughs> often want to do, right? And then I was like, he's like, yeah, there's not even a plane ticket anymore. And I was like, oh, what? wow, like why the fuck would I ever go to that then? I feel like that's wrong. I, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Or it's like, PTQs would, like, I hope they don't charge whatever they 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 charge uh like we have to pay like 30 40 and if there's not like something at the end it's like whoop de doo <laughs> yeah zippity doo da um i wish provincials was or champs as as we're saying was like part of the wizards thing so i feel like if you're the provincial champion at least like you should be queued for Nats or something. Like, well, yeah, that so also too. exists. That's called regionals. That's the real provincial. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's the thing. So this is like... So Champs actually is just nothing. Like, it's yeah. Just <laughs> nothing. It means nothing. But no, I, I would agree with you, KYT. Like, I would have no problem with them adding, you know, also you're queued for provincials. Like, if you can win Champs, you just skip regionals. I don't right, think right. that's a, there shouldn't be. A yeah, like like, like Doug is the is the Alberta champion, and yet he yeah. doesn't get to go to nationals for free. Like, isn't that well, what nationals should be? He can go for free if he makes it. What actually happened though is, uh, champs used to be run by Wizards, and yeah. then they canceled it. Like they were like, oh, we're not going to run these tournaments anymore. And then it was store organizers that were like, hey, champs was awesome. We should revive it. So it was kind of outside of Wizards that this whole tournament got, like, re-revived from the dead. And so uh. it's not like Wizards is just going to all of a sudden start handing out Nats invites for this tournament that they yeah. wanted to do away with and store store owners brought back. Yeah. That's why the multiplier was times one, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It was times one? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. 
That's worse oh, than yeah. fucking F and him. We had we had the player oh meeting. That, exactly, exactly. Oh my we had the they, they, oh my they did the player meeting right at the beginning of our event. You guys had a player and, meeting. Uh, we sure well, did. basically, like the head judge does their announcement. So this is the event and blah blah blah, right? And then somebody they're like, "Do you have any questions?" And somebody pipes up right at the beginning of questions. They're like, "Yeah, what's a multiplier for this event?" And everybody laughs, and the judge just totally ignores the question. So then there's like three, four, five other questions that which were all dumb and stupid, just people not listening or being retarded. That's a magic tournament. Yeah. Yep. And then and then once again, what's the multiplier for this event? Yeah. Suffice it to say, the questions ended very quickly after that. Nice. One. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Like, why the fuck would I even play that? That's less of a multiplayer or multiplier that I get from organizing my own draft in my house. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Oh that was my good. god. That was good. Come <laughs> play at champs where you actually just get nothing. Oh, you're a provincial champion, Doug? Nobody gives a shit because you still have to go to regionals. <laughs> so, I myself haven't been playing much standard, but I've tried um, last FNM, and I think your brother Duncan Scout uh, is experimenting with Heartless Summoning. I was playing a uh, uh, William Blondin, my friend William's uh, black, green, birthing pot, heartless summoning deck, which yeah. some people seem to like. But Can somebody explain not... to me why birthing pot is even in that deck? Yeah. Or heartless summoning? Like, it doesn't, I don't understand what you're doing. That's what I said after, uh, after like it makes, <laughs> around. Yeah, like it, it actually just makes no sense to me why you need both of those. Yeah, I, like, initially people wanted to do it for, like, when you take a look at the architect pod list as an example, like you shoehorn both of them in because it provides you with a a nice level of redundancy or backup in the event that somebody, um, you know, just nukes your birthing pod. You're not totally fucked, right? So under the same premise, the birthing pod has been attempted to be applied to heartless somebody, and I'm not sure that it's 100% correct. Now, you want to talk to me about Heartless Summoning and Grand Architect, and we may have a discussion. <laughs> like, it just seems to me like Heartless Summoning is the worst card ever, but if you're going to play it in a Constructed deck for some reason, why wouldn't you just play it in, like, a mono blacklist where you're just going to ramp out, like, or even a black-blue list, and you're just going to ramp out, like, Titans and Consecrated Sphinx and then just play Removal and, like, ramp, like, Solemn and stuff like that, and just, like... And like that morbid, that morbid demon chick that like so for three mana you kill something that's a four four. You know what I mean? Like I just don't understand why you're playing both and like why everyone has to get so overly complicated and cute with these these decks. Like, isn't don't you just want to? If you're gonna play heartless summoning, isn't your your plan just to play a turn four titan every turn or every uh, game? Like, isn't that the like the object of the the deck? Yeah, somewhat. Um... Yeah, I just uh, I just put Duncan's list actually in the window here that he was he's been uh, running around with, and there's a lot of really good uh, synergy there. Like you look at cards like you know all of, all of a sudden Viridian Emissary and Solemn Simulacrum are basically just like rampant growth and rampant growth cantrip. Um, so that's pretty good because it allows you then even if you don't have even if you don't get to stick the summoning, you're still getting you know the ramp value out of them as dudes. But, like, you get to do some dumb stuff with, with some of the higher-end guys. Like, there's really, obviously, a natural synergy with, like, Frost Titan and Acidic Slime and stuff like that. And Brutalizer Exarch, right? That you can use to just completely nerf the lands. So not only are you 
you're 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 overcapitalizing on the tempo that you're able to get through heartless summoning by then you know interacting with your opponent's mana base and slowing their tempo down, which seems to exacerbate the you know the advantage that you're getting. You know, there's there's other little things in there, but I mean, like he's like a turn five Jinkataxis is totally not out of the realm. You know, if you're talking about heartless summoning and and some of the ramp stuff that's there, but uh, it's it's pretty funny. It's it's a neat deck. Like Heartless Summoning is a really powerful card, and it's got a lot of potential. And I'm sure that you know whether it's this set or or after the next one or whatever. But uh, you got to keep an eye on that. Like it it's going to enable some dumb stuff, especially if everybody's playing Battle Cruiser Magic again. Right? Man, that will be fun. I want to play Battle Cruiser Magic. I don't want to play fucking <laughs> Wolf Run Red. Fuck that shit. Just no more Squadron Hawk type shit like we're done with that yeah i want to have people be like okay it's your turn like it's turn 58 i play jinga taxis i'm like okay i play fucking elish norn go and like just back and forth shit like that just yeah. crush people wolf run red fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyways that's uh heartless summoning i think is pretty good Con- conley woods wrote an article on a tcg player as well just before champs uh, with his take on uh, Heartless Architect. And, I mean, you get the natural synergy there. Architect basically plus one in your guys where the with the summoning is minus one, so you, you try to get, you know, net even value. And you get the, the double mana ramp there with Heartless Summoning reducing costs as well as, uh, you know, being able to double up in your artifact mana off all of your uh, your blue guys. So it uh, it seems fine. Um, definitely something worth worth looking at. But we'll see what happens. I mean, we need the format to kind of settle down a little bit. I think that decks like Wolf Run Red are actually really good for the format right now because it, it keeps keeps everyone a little more honest. And, you know, we don't have the oppressive combo deck, which hates them, like Balakit was, for example, that hates the, the reasonable mid-range decks out of the format. And I think that's really good for us because that's that's where you're going to see a lot of the innovation start happening is in those mid-range decks because I think there's a real appetite for it because we haven't been able to play them for so fucking long. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The Valakid definitely stamped on all those decks. Yeah. And then, but I mean, you you, you know, even Kibler right now, like it, if you take a look, if you guys have premium watches, his video deck decks and, and his video series there on his new rug deck, like it's very much just a mid-range deck that does a little bit of everything, you know? And it's fine. Like, I'm not saying it's a great deck at all, but it, it's a really good exercise in understanding how the metagame is changing and what cards all of a sudden, you know, how how the change in the metagame affects what cards are good and what strategies are worse. And it's pretty sweet. Hmm. Paul, have you touched uh, Standard at all? Uh, not in any serious manner. I, I kind of just do whatever the PTQ season is or Nationals or whatnot. But uh, I just made a stupid Goblin deck for fun. <laughs> and how's that been going? Uh, it's actually not as bad as everyone laughs. Like, people, I see me play some Goblins and laugh, and then I end up going Goblin Grenade, uh, and then that Morbid Burn Spell, 10, yeah. 10 you, and they just die out of nowhere. So it's not as bad as people think. And you get eight lords in the adaptive automaton. <laughs> I don't see it winning any tournaments anytime soon, though. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not, but it could crush an F and M. I just play for fun. Yeah. So, but see, the thing is, with the way that the planeswalker points are now, like fun is 
like the F and M's no longer are irrelevant, right? Like they're people are getting more points grinding F and M than they are doing stuff like champs, for example. <laughs> well, see, I, that's one of the the pluses is in the old system, I couldn't take a deck like this and start playing it because I'd have to worry about losing rating. Whereas now it's like I can go take a crappy deck and go have fun with it, and even though I'll lose, it doesn't really hurt me. Yeah. So, so you're in favor then of what's happened? Like, I, I don't think, I think it's really tough to argue that, you know, people don't want to play more magic, right? So I'm, I kind of wish there was like halfway between what it was and what it is now. Cause like, if there's anyone, like the old system was the best for me. Cause I actually don't play a ton of tournaments, but then I do fairly well when I do play. So I just have a high rating I can sit on. Whereas now I'm uh, like, I went from the best scenario to the worst scenario where I'm not going to have any Planeswalker points unless I just start grinding more. So I, I kind of like what they were suggesting in that letter they posted on Channel, Channel Fireball. Because, yeah. like, I don't want to have to worry about losing rating because that was stressful. And, like, that date switch this year for the Nats cutoff almost kind of screwed me. But so, like, that, I'd like, it's good to get rid of. But then I'd like it not to be quite as extreme as it is now in terms of favoring grinding. So yeah. they need to find a happy medium, really. Yeah, it's really tough for us up here as well to get the invites right based on rating. Yeah, yeah. Or based on points now, because it's like top three hundred, right? Me no likey. <laughs> Me no likey. Says. I think it's just. I don't like. I might be wrong, and we've been saying it for the past few shows. So Paul, correct me. I just don't like it. It's you're advantageous depending on how many tournaments are held around you in your area, and I don't think like you should be. You know that should be an advantage. Like people who get to go to SCG opens more or uh or closer to gps like I'm, we're never gonna beat uh unless we get uh to play on the pro tour and earn like the the whatever the multiplier is is because one of my friends uh rob anderson is actually gonna try to grind through fnms because he did well at the previous pro tour i think it was pre pt philly and he's actually in contention to 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 get a to get an invite via planeswalker points to honolulu so but other than that it's it's gonna be hard yeah but no matter what no matter what where you are can lead to an advantage or disadvantage right because even in the old system if you're the only good player in a city of a bunch of terrible right, players right, right, right. you just sit there crushing them and get 45th pick dead wins, right? <laughs> yeah <agreed. laughs> so there's there's no perfect system maybe I they were like just the- following the jared school of draft which is just draft white <laughs> yeah, well, th- this this format just it uh it's not all that linear, so just drafting good cards leads to winning. So uh that's what we're There's about. your there's your fucking draft analysis from James Bond. <laughs> you just you draft good cards and drafting good cards leads to winning. As opposed to like Lorwin where you have to like jump into something and then just hope it pans out. I think it's actually a very skilled format. James Bond. <laughs> oh man, I'm just gonna call him that from now on. That's how all of his articles on on uh, Man of Deprived should be titled now. <laughs> just just make them James Bond art like movie names, and then just buy James Bond. Nobody even know. I want I want nobody to know who P Mac is. He needs to, <laughs> he needs to go back into hiding so he can go on his secret missions with boats. <laughs> you say with boats? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
you have any scumbag stories for us, Paul? I know you fucking have some. Uh, give me a minute to think about that. Boo. KYT, while PMAX thinking about that, what are you going to play in standard? Mill? Mill. You are. So I've had uh, <laughs> a bunch of people do uh, what you guys did to me on last episode. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, Mill. 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 <laughs> I really don't know. There's just so many interesting decks out there. I really want to see if uh, Birthing Pod is just going to stay strictly Tier 2 in this format. I really want to explore that. Just like, uh, like that's Patrick Chapin right now too. in his uh, Patrick Chapin in his last article, that's what he wants to explore as well. And if because it because it's such a strong card, but obviously the de- maybe it's just too inconsistent, right? Like without preordain like and when you don't draw like i think the goal is to somehow make the deck not a pile when you don't have a pod in play well i think that like foster's list actually seems fine like the one that he alluded to on the cast mm-hmm. like he he plays fifth at champs That's um pretty decent. and it seems fine like uh, there's nothing wrong with with the list at all um see if i can get it up but he's um He's played a bunch of reasonable reasonable cards. Like it, it was it was not that bad. I really like the look of Jeff's list. Yeah. How does anybody know how Jeff did it, States? Yeah, fifth. Fifth? Fifth. Holy fuck, girls can be sorta of good at magic. Yeah. Well, fifth fifth to eighth, somewhere in there. He top eight it. Out of like twelve or what? No, it was Virginia. So it was the same one that fucking like Shaheen Sarani was in too. I don't know who that is. Oh, that's right. You hate control. <laughs> He's the guy that writes the Freeside article, The Icy Grip of Control. I read that all the time. <laughs> that was that was good. PMAC, tell us your scumbag story. All right. Uh, I don't know if it really counts as a scumbag story, but... Well, uh, then it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I have, a, I, have a, I know a long story. Whoa. He's not Whoa. a scumbag, though. Whoa. I think you just said Noah <laughs> Long is first. Noah Long is a <laughs> no, James Bond can't get away with that shit. No, the moral of the story is don't lend a deck to Noah Long. Because uh, there was one extended PTQ. It was back when, uh, when Dredge was the, the deck to beat. It was basically better than anything else in the format. And I remember seeing Noah Long playing. He was the winning in round. And... He is, like, Dredge was just the best deck. Like, he should have, like, it was impossible to beat in that format. And he, Noah Long was playing Dredge and just basically mulliganed to oblivion and just didn't do anything. He lost to his own deck and didn't make the top eight. And then he was sitting there and he's just fuming and he's just all mad. And he just grabs his deck and just flings it across the room. And you see cards oh fluttering everywhere. And then... All of a sudden, the guy standing behind him just, like, starts running after him, like, my deck, what'd you do? (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, my God. (laughs) Noah just flung his friend's deck that he borrowed just, like, all over the room. And it was like a foiled-out deck. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. Wow. That's a pretty crazy Noah Long story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to lend every fucking Wolf Run deck to that guy. (laughs) <laughs> Chuck, hey, do you need a deck? This guy's got one. Here you go. Hey, that's my deck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
But that said, Noah Long's a good guy, and I I don't think he uh, tilts like that quite anymore. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got on tap here, boys? I don't think not much. Did you guys want to reply to any comments from our last episode? We obviously we want to thank everyone who who left uh, insane amount of comments for us. Sixty-one at count. <laughs> wow, sweet. So I have to give everyone credit, like, up to and including John. So there was a lot of, like, he took the brunt of it based on the religious piece, and I totally thought that we would get blasted for, you know, Jay's comments at the end. Um, <laughs> Which comments? I don't even remember those. That's fine. Specific, don't read them. Sp- specifically, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Well, <laughs> fine. I read them. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it was the one where you uh, you made the comment about yeah, and then you just like bend them over the table, fuck them in the ass, and make them gay too. I think that I think that's the one that did it for me. That's I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> see that? Oh my god, that's paraphrasing. <laughs> That's almost due for a rewind. Jay! <laughs> anyways, um, I, I gotta give everyone credit for being so good about it. Like, I, I thought for sure we were gonna get fucking killed. But uh, everyone seems to be on our side with sort of the way that, that we approach it and think that everyone that, you know, has an issue uh, is just being a little bit, you know, too too much. And that seems to be the consensus of our listenership, not to say that that's correct or incorrect, but that's uh, pretty awesome, and uh, and everybody had logical, reasonable emotion, you know, somewhat emotional, but not like fucking just trolling discussion. And I think that's what's awesome, and I think that that's what sets our listeners apart from some of the other podcasts that are out there. And I just wanted to make sure that I said thank you to everybody that intelligently communicated. Whoa. About the subject, because I think that it it's it looks really good on us, but it looks even better on you guys. So thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. That had to be done. Yeah. So Brian T, for example, you ready? So he made a comment, and he said uh, that he liked the comment we made. Um, and that we, we do an excellent job, blah, blah, blah. So I said, thanks. And he said, you're welcome. He said, you guys totally could have handled the topic in a completely wrong way, but you and Jay still bringing your own personas to the topic talked about it better than anyone else could have in the MTG podcast community. It's a, it's discussions slash a group of podcasters like this that make me excited to see a new A team cast up every week. Like, how good is that? Thanks, Brian. Yeah, you never got. You never. Nobody ever said that to you, Paul. Yeah, what of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You go. So now, so now you're you're not going with the James Bond thing. You're going with the uh, no one ever said that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's like, hey, Paul. Uh, looking forward to seeing you every week. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's so terrible. Also, me and Paul work like four blocks away from each other. We've never, ever hung out or gone for lunch or played magic. So, <clears throat> it's too busy. 
<laughs> Paul, man. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, what are so, you doing, uh, Paul? So, gentle reminder for those of you that don't actually get this from anywhere except um, the iTunes feed from MPG Cast. So, we do have an iTunes feed for the podcast. It is in the show notes. Please make sure you go to manadeprived.com, pull up one of our, any one of our podcast episodes, and you will find the link right there. So you can just copy and paste that into your iTunes feed, and you'll be able to get it fresh and salty right into your ear holes as soon as it comes out. <laughs> War, all warm and oozy-like. Like fresh and salty. Yeah. So, it's all well and good. So, other than that, you guys have shout-outs? At all? You wanna you wanna do that? Or are we are we early for that? No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we're good. Alright. So who wants to go first? You. Alright. The sick man. <laughs> the sick man. Alright. Um I don't have my scorebook with me. Shit. I wrote down all the names of the people that I owed shoutouts to because it's a fucking laundry list after champs. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll do my best. If I forgot you, I'm sorry. It's not intentional. I'm sick and I don't have my list. <laughs> okay. So um, in no particular order, um, shoutouts to uh, Ben and Seth. Uh, you guys were absolutely awesome. I had so much fun hanging out with you guys and Alex and everything. We did, uh, you know, we had a blast together and it was wicked. Shoutouts as well to uh, Dante for being a fucking jackass at the EDH table and just destroying everybody's lands and assuming that that was fun. <laughs> Newsflash, it, it wasn't. Um, also, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Matt as well, who came in, uh, to- who top aided the event actually with Red Deck wins. Uh, and he was part of uh, the crew we were hanging out with. So that's pretty awesome. Congratulations. I guess I'll give a shout out to uh, to John Booten, who is no, I'm sorry, I fuck, it wasn't Booten, it was Dmac, who was absolutely more outspoken about the merits of Wolf Run Red, Wolf Run Ramp, and I thought for sure he was going to get into a fist fight with somebody over how good he says it was. <sighs> so it was really funny actually to watch. So <laughs> like credit where credit is due, man, it made me laugh. So. Shout out to the guy that he almost got into a fight with, who went over his solar flare build with Ben and I, um, like like letter by letter, which also helped really you know influence the way that I think I'm going to view building the deck moving forward. So thanks to that guy. Shout outs to uh, Joe Salmon. Okay, so funny story. I ended up playing against Joe at uh, so Joe's hanging out with his friend who clearly knows who we are. Okay, clearly no- clearly listens to the cast. Joe never, never, so, so Joe says to me, he's sitting across, Alex and I are sitting side by side, we're playing in a match, and uh, Joe's playing Alex, and I'm playing against some guy, right? And this is the match that I, the one match I punted by missing an attack is the mono black effect. So, uh, my match ends up finishing very early. So I sit and I watch the, I, I watch them going back and forth, and so on and so forth, and he actually stops me, and he's like, hey, He's like, I remember you from somewhere. And I said, yeah, I, I, we played at regionals like two years ago. He's like, yeah, we played against each other, and you were playing like, Blue white or something. I'm like, yeah, it was super friends. He's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, have you been? I said, he was playing Solar Flare as well. He's like, I was watching your matches. I really like your list. Like, what are you playing? So I showed him the list and we got talking about it. He's like, yeah, well, you know, send me, you know, I'd really like it if you could send me, send me the list. It looks like what I want to be doing. I said, yeah, no problem. And his buddy goes, like, do you even know who you're talking to? 
<laughs> it was hilarious. I'm like, yeah, actually, well, no, because I'm like, yeah, well, I got a bunch of influence on it from John Medina. Like, we were talking on Skype, and, you know, because he top four at the event, and he was running the lit. And, like, it's natural for me to just talk about all of you guys and all of the people that I know in the community. I'm like, yeah, I asked AJ for some, some advice on it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, so, like, how do you know all of these people? And I'm like, do you even know who I am? Like, his buddy goes, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Anyway, so apparently now, so he sent me an email. I sent him over the list that I'm working on now, but he apparently is uh, is now going to listen to the cast. So I'm sure he'll listen to this one. So Joe, the shout outs for you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. Uh, okay. Major shout outs to uh, Sheng Poon. <laughs> Sheng Poon, okay. Who was playing at the event. He was my third round opponent. And he was playing a black-green deck, okay, whose express purpose was to ramp and fix mana so that he could play Phyrexian Obliterator. And fucking fight. And fucking fight. Oh my (laughs) god. Okay, so I sacrificed 18 permanents over the course of two games to various Phyrexian Obliterators and the fight card. Because what would happen is he would play an Obliterator, I would kill it, and then I would play a Sun Type, and he would play an Obliterator and fight with it. And I sacrificed eight permanents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dirty. So, of course, I sacrificed six, six permanents. So the one that I left, of course, was Sun Type, right? I'm like, why would I toast that guy? So then he untaps and plays another one. <laughs> oh, my another, God. another fight, yeah. It was really terrible. Um, I ended up winning the game. Like, I ended up taking it down out of three. Or, sorry, out of two. Like, I got there. But, man, oh, man. Like, that was something. And I fucking complained about it all day. Not complained, but I was like, dude, you wouldn't believe it. Like, fucking Phyrexian Obliterator and fight? Like, that's that's a deck. That's a thing. That guy fucking came here to do that to people all day. To just ruin them. Like, <laughs> wow. so, I'm like, that's really hard against Solar Flare. Like, that's tough. That's tough. Thankfully, the deck wasn't doing anything else. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd have been fucked. Anyways. So shout out to that guy. <laughs> shout out to my son for doing well and enjoying himself. It was good. But yeah, all in all, awesome time. And uh, thanks for everyone that uh, that came out and supported and, and played good magic and had fun. It was sweet. So those are my shout outs. I'm good. Uh, Paul, it's customary for the guest to go second. Who are right. your shout outs? Uh, well, shout out to you guys. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, shout outs to uh, Broken City Magic for crushing it at the last BTQ. And uh, shout outs to Doug Potter for finally breaking the quarterfinals curse like I did. Whoop whoop. That's about Doug. all I got. <laughs> I'll let you go last, Jay. <laughs> all right, I guess. All right. Um, okay, thanks a lot, Paul, for coming on. Um, it's pretty cool to, to be able to talk to get one of the Broken City. School of Magic guys on. Um, I don't know who will be next. Sean Peche. <laughs> Sean Peche. Uh, yeah, we should get him on sometime. Um, Man of Magic, great there. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> Shouts to Doug. I mean, great job for taking uh, down, even though uh, we somehow basically spent the entire podcast saying how meaningless of a tournament that was. But uh, huge shoutouts there. Um, Shouts to my friend Justin Richardson, who was able to win champs again. So he's now back-to-back meaningless tournament champion. (laughs) And 
that's all I got for, for this week. Good luck to Alex at GP Amsterdam. I think he's going to absolutely tear that uh, tournament apart. So uh, look forward to seeing how he does this weekend. Jay? I have to give a shout-out to Bank for uh, just always supporting us, and you're awesome. And I have to shout-out to Jared McGuire for what I believe is the first time he's ever made it to the finals of a PTQ. Yeah, it is. And uh, so finally, good for him, and that's actually, I'm really proud of him. Uh, shout-out to PMAC for winning that. That's awesome. Um, what else? Shout out to Doug for winning champs, which like I thought was a big deal, but again, no one else gives a shit about that. <laughs> so like that that sucks. But like, shout out to you for winning that. He played a deck that he calls Blue Black Do Nothing, which is um, like I looked at the list and it actually like literally just. You just don't do anything. You're just an asshole for like 25 turns, and then you play like a Titan and a and a Consecrated Sphinx, and still have like 30 counters in his in your fucking hand, and you just yeah. And he dropped. I think he only dropped like one game all day, maybe. So that like shout out to him for that. That's pretty awesome. Um, what else? Shout out to Ben Clinton, who's like a way better Magic player than I give him credit for. Mainly because yeah, dude. he sucked so bad at fucking. Why? <laughs> oh, TCG. he was like the worst. It was like, holy fuck! I guess we better have this guy hang out with us and like be friends with him a little while because he's the worst Magic player ever, and I really don't want to be his Make a Wish Foundation wish. Um, <laughs> he was the guy that. That's Ben that I gave in my shout out that was on the bubble to hit top eight that was playing right down to the wire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Just make sure. Yeah. So, shout out to him, because he's actually way better than I've thought for the last... <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out, shout outs. Shout outs to John Medina. Thanks for helping us out. Um, I'm sorry that everybody's an idiot and thinks that I, like, ambushed you into a religious question. I didn't at all. I just wanted to know how John felt being a religious person and not and like also talking about mm-hmm. something that is polarizing. So um um I know John probably doesn't isn't bothered by all the stupid shit everybody said on our comments. Um so I just want to give a shout out to him and make sure that he knows that I didn't want to do that on purpose and that I love him and we're bros. And uh, I still want to come to your barbecue. So <laughs> don't revoke my invite to that. <laughs> And that's oh, yeah. it. That's it. That's, that's it. Ta-ka. All right. So I guess we'll catch up to you next week. See you in the next episode, guys. Au revoir. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 56 of the A-Team podcast. This is KYT. Once again, we are joined by... <laughs> <laughs> uh, thrown off. Thrown oh off by the... Okay, dude. The worst. This is the worst. Okay, so, joining us tonight... No, start over. No, please start over. Wait, this is golden, this is golden. It's gold, but start over. Okay. Oh, man, this is... The best. Because I'm trying to avoid what I always say, which is as always. And, like, without that, I'm gone. As always, I'm always joined by... (laughs) Always, no. Okay.